I don't understand. I don't understand why. But I want to, I want to, let's stand up and let's pray before we get started. Amen. Amen. And this morning's message, I will call uh, gifted, gifted, but untrained. Gifted, but untrained. Lord, we just thank you this morning for your word. We thank you, God, for uh, helping us to get to where we need to be. We thank you for being able to be here this Sunday morning uh, in your house. We thank you, Lord, for uh, for all of your guidance and all of your leadership. We just love you, Lord. We love you, love you, love you, and we thank you, God, for being our friends. And I pray, God, this morning that you would open up every ear, open up our ears to be able to hear this morning what you want us to say. Every person, that there be no hindrances, that there be no hindrances this morning. Lord, I need you to speak through me. God, I need you to quicken my mind. I ask you to forgive me for any sin I've committed, knowingly and unknowingly that there be nothing between us, God. I pray, God, that you would have me, uh, that you would allow me to say some things that bring change and take everybody closer to uh, the perfection that you desire for us to be at. We just love you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. Gifted but untrained. Let's go to uh, Proverbs eighteen fourteen. Proverbs eighteen fourteen. <clears throat> Proverbs eighteen fourteen. Hey, listen, I want y'all to understand something. Sometimes I'm gonna I'm gonna say some stuff and I'm gonna say it the way I say it. I'm gonna be me, okay? So when I start talking about tithing, if I tell you about uh, getting drunk, if I talk about tithing, I talk about whatever, doing drugs, whatever I talk about. Man, I'm not trying to be mean to nobody. I'm just I'm, I have to tell you the truth. Hey, man, what kind of friend would I be if, if you, you know, we're about to go somewhere and you come outside and you're, you know, that outfit, that shirt, it don't fit you right. You look crazy. What kind of friend am I to let you come out the house with a crazy looking shirt on? Hey, right, Jeff? We're trying to go somewhere and you look crazy. <laughs> if I'm your friend, I'm going to tell you, hey, you look crazy. Stand up, Ryan. I'm just kidding. Stand up. <laughs> I love you, boy. <laughs> See, I can do that to Ryan. I just can't get him going. If I get him going, we all got a problem. But he is our official birthday song singer, though. Everybody give him a hand for the way he... He sings so beautifully, don't you agree? (laughs) You do? Oh, Lord. Uh, Ryan is quite the carpenter, though. I'm, I'm blown away by his carpentry skills. That's a serious business. If you need something made, see him. He is awesome, man. Blown away. Um, Brother Cooper, yes, but Brother Cooper's plate is full. We're not gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna let him take a break. All right. Uh, let's let's start here. Proverbs chapter eighteen, verse. We're gonna start in verse fourteen. It says, the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. The heart of the prudent getteth knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeketh knowledge. A man's gift makes room for him and bring him into the presence of great men. Let's do it again. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. The heart of the prudent getteth knowledge. Right, so there's two cases that we're going to go over today. We're going to look at gifting and we're going to look at knowledge. What did I say the title was? Gifted but untrained. Gifted but untrained. So it says the spirit of the man will sustain or undergird or support or help him in his time uh, of weakness or through whatever other weaknesses he may have. Right? The spirit of a man. That word spirit also, one of the definitions of that word spirit right there as it's used is gift. Is gift. So that whole section right there is dealing with uh, 
As a matter of fact, the Holy Spirit is a gift, yeah. right? And it's the gift by which uh, all of our other giftings flow. Anything good that you do is because of the God on the inside of you. Uh-huh. Amen. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, 8, that God gave gifts unto men, right? Every person has got something that you can do, and, and God gave that to you so that you can be able to make a contribution in the world, right? You remember the, the story of the, the gentleman that he gave the talents to? Right? And the Bible says he gave to everyone according to their several ability. If you want to know more about that, you need to come Wednesday night while we are finding out why we are the way we are. Yeah. Amen. I'm not going to go into a ton of it this morning, but he said he gave it to them according to their several ability. That means, uh, it's good example time. Good example time. Uh, Pastor Eli, uh, uh, B. Gibb, uh, and Chad, y'all come in real quick, please. Just keep my time. B, give you right there facing the people. Pastor Eli right there, and Chad, you go on the other side. Okay, so the Bible says, well, y'all switch. So he's taller than you. We just stagger the whole thing down. Okay, so the Bible says, according to their several ability, right? So that we're going to call him five, five talent man, we're going to call him two talent, and we're going to call him one. No, no disrespect. Okay. Um, so, so, so there was something in B. Gibb before he started handing out the talents that put him in a position to be able to handle the five talents that he gave to him. That's what it means by several ability. Okay. When at this time, when he started handing out the talents, God said, "This this guy here is ready for five. Okay. He was at the point of two. Right. So Chad, Chad's representing the man that's at the point of two. Chad ain't at one, he's not at five, but he's at two. Right? And then we have Pastor Eli representing the guy with the one. Now, when a lot of us, when we read that story, when we look at this brother over here, we like, man, this brother is not in a good situation. <laughs> you know, we look down at this brother. Right? But I want you to understand something. God, God would have done this brother a disservice if he had gave him, let's go down now. Y'all swap places. Now you just stay there, B. Gibb. Stay there. Come all the way to the end. All the way to the end. God would have done him a disservice if he had gave him five talents and he was only ready to handle one. That makes sense? But see, see us, we, we, we say, God, let me get five. Let me get a five piece. Like we're rolling up to the, the chicken house or something. <laughs> let me get a five piece of talents. I, you know, God said, no, nah, son, I'm going to get you that one. That's what you're ready for right now. But we, but then we get mad at God because He only let us have one, and we think we deserve a five piece. You, no, you're not. No, I'm not gonna hurt you like that, right? Begin for some, some, for some reason, prior to us knowing Him or Him being introduced into this scenario, His the, there is the things that are on the inside of Him that prepares Him to be ready for five. Yeah. There are things that have happened uh, to this guy. On the inside of him, before we got, got introduced to him, that that only prepare him to be ready for one. All right. So God didn't God because God is the ultimate manager. God didn't say, "Look, I'm gonna give you. I'm only gonna let you have one." Even though he's a five talent guy, God said, "No, you can handle it. And I need people to handle stuff for me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you this five talents because I know you can handle it." Now here's Chad. Chad not at a one. Not at a one, he's at a two. Now this is what I want you to understand. Everybody knows how the story goes. This guy here blew it. Right? The one talent man blew it. And so we can see really that God was being generous and very kind just by letting him hold one. So, so the only thing under one is what? Zero. Unless God's dealing in point fives and stuff like that. <laughs> the only thing underneath that is zero. So he, he put him at the, he's like, I got to put you at the minimum. Right? No, no offense. I'm, you know. But I, but you're doing a good job acting. Cause I, you, you're representing that. I like that. Okay. So I, I got to put you at the one because I can't, ain't nothing left underneath one. You got to be at one. Right? But see, I really, really, really truth be told, you ain't even ready for one. Right. See, don't nobody want to hear that. Then they're not even ready for one. But some of us, we're not ready for one. Right? But look, we got a God that's so good that he's going to give us one to practice on. Mm. 
Right? I'm going to let you practice on this one. He must have done something with one or God would have never gave him two. Right? So before the story was told, maybe he was at a one. And he graduated to a two. Well, Pastor, you can't say that because the Bible don't say that. I can say it because if you read further in there, when he came back and everybody gave account, this guy went from five to ten. Uh-huh. Right? And this guy went from two to five. Right? So uh, based upon the, the, uh, the second half of the story, I can surmise that there is the potential for increase. Right? So I can say that this guy might have been at a two, this guy might have been at a one, and here, you know, here they, they got increased, and now they're at this place right here. I want, I, want, I want us to take a look at something. There are people in the Bible, and one of the guys we're going to talk about today was jo- is Joseph. Now, early on, what do we know about Joseph in the, from the start? What, what was, how many gifts did Joseph seem to, to bring to the table? He had one. He could interpret dreams. Right? But he, but he, 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 he worked that one and showed up at a, you know, later on we found out he was two. Because he went from interpreting dreams to being a dream interpreter and a leader. Right? Dream interpreter and a leader. Right? So understand something that respect where you are. Let's look at something. Y'all know I'm a sports guy. I'm a LeBron James fan without the jersey on. So uh, LeBron James, when he first came into the, the basketball arena, the, the, the professional sports, we know he had one talent. Right? He could play basketball. Now he has a production company and, and his Blaze Pizza and all this other stuff. But basketball and him doing the best he could with basketball put him in a position to go up the ladder. Right? So the Bible says don't despise small beginnings. Don't be mad if God just gives you a little bit of something to work with. Do the best that you can at that. Thank y'all guys. Y'all can sit down. Thank you so much. Do the best that you can with that. But it's human nature and from watching TV and all these different things like that, we want to we want to be further along than we really are. Right? But we're not further along than we really are. And we have to accept that. That's one of the hardest things to do. I was telling somebody the other day, if I had known that God had me on a 20-year plan, if he had told me at the beginning, hey, man, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make all these promises to you, hear these prophetic words coming about these great things you're going to do, but it's going to be 20-some years later that I'm, I'm, we're going to really get started. I would have told God, no, thank you, sir. I'm going to go do something else. But God got away, right? God loves you so much that he will pull you places that you're not willing to really go. Right? And so when God's pulling us and trying to get us to do better, we sometimes we resist God. We fight God. I, I don't want to do that, God. God's like, man, I'm trying to help you. We're like, God, I don't want to do that. I don't want to. I don't want to do that. I don't want to pay no tithes. Look, I'm trying to help you not be stingy. Right? Why do I need you to not be stingy? Because I want to give you abundance of resources, and I can't give you nothing if you're not going to, if you don't have a habit of letting it come out of your hand, I'm not going to put a whole bunch in there so you can keep it to yourself. Yeah. Because stingy got cousins. Oh, yeah. Stingy, greedy, uh, uh, misappropriation. Not taking care of your business, selfishness, pride. So I'm not going to support you and send you down that road. So once you prove that I can put something in your hands, then you can take now. Now you can take instruction on on how to how to get rid of. If I need you to give it, will you give it away? Well, God wouldn't do nothing like that. Where you come up with that in the Bible? Well, God told Abraham. He said, "Listen, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. Your your seed going to be like the sand of the seashore." Right? Your seed going to be like the sand of the seashore. And he says that, so he gives him uh, Isaac, and after he gives him Isaac, um, he asked Isaac, he told him, he said, look, I need to get your son back. Let me get, let me get that which I've entrusted you with. And so after he did that, he passed the test, and he proved that, God, if you give me something, if you ask me to do something with it, I'll give it back to you. Yeah. Right? So, so do we see a progression? What do we know about Abraham? 
Abraham was willing to, to teach his kids. He wasn't perfect because when God started making him promises, him and his wife laughed. Abraham wasn't perfect, but we see that Abraham, and you know, all we know about is the one. Abraham did the right thing in the one, and God said, oh, promotion time, we're moving forward. Right? So, so you think that God's trying to hurt you or something like that, but really, in reality, God's trying to send you up the ladder, the ladder of progression. All this, the sneaking around and stuff that you do when ain't nobody watching, you think, man, I, I'm getting away with this, and the church people don't even know it. Really what you're doing is staying at that one. Yeah, blowing it at the one. Yeah, and like Pastor Lord said, and you're blowing it at the one. Right? It don't matter who don't see you, because God looking at you. No, no, the people don't know. Hey, God knows. I can, matter of fact, hey man, I, I love everybody. I love everybody. Right? And I'm going to do my best to try to help you to get to wherever you're trying to go. But man, I'm not going to hate you if you don't do right. That's right. I'm still going to love you. Amen. I'm going to laugh with you. And all that. I want you to understand something. Just because the pastor laughing with you don't mean I agree with everything you're doing. But I'm not going to put you in the headlock. Who, who in the volunteer to be in the headlock right now? I'm just kidding. I'm not going to put you, <laughs> I'm not going to put you in the headlock and, and, and say, look, you're going to do right by God. You don't understand? You, you, you're going to do right by God. You're messing up. You're not paying your tithes. You don't come to church. You know, like that one preacher that really jammed his, his members up that time. I got to find that clip. I'm going to put it on our page so y'all can see. That guy went off on the people. We're not going to do that. We're going to still love you because God don't do that. God not going to make you do something. He's going to give you an opportunity. There you go. Right? And then you have to, you have to make up your mind whether you're going to receive the opportunity or not. Uh-huh. I got a long way to go. I'm not going to make it there this morning. Okay, so then he says that your gifts make room for you. They bring you in the presence of great men. Let's turn over to Genesis chapter 41. Genesis 41. Genesis 41 starting in verse 1. Genesis 41 starting in verse 1. It says, and it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed a dream and stood uh, by the river. And behold, it came up, came out of the river, seven well-favored kind, talking about cattle, and fat-fleshed and fed in the meadow. And behold, seven other kind came up after them out of the river, ill-favored and <laughs> lean-fleshed, and stood by the, the other kind upon the brink of the river. And the ill-favored and lean-fleshed kind did eat up the seven well-favored fat kind. And Pharaoh, so Pharaoh awoke, and he slept, and he dreamed a second time. And he became, and behold, seven ears of corn came out upon one stalk, rank and good. And behold, seven thin ears, and blasted the, the, the east wind sprung after them. And seven thin ears devoured the seven rank and full ears. And Pharaoh awake, and Pharaoh awake, and behold, it was a dream. That's something else. If I had a dream of some corn eating up some other corn, corn don't supposed to eat corn. He had a problem. He understood there was something going on. You got skinny cows eating fat cows, corn eating corn. That was a problem. He was shook up. Right? And it, uh, and it came to pass in the morning, spirit was troubled, and he sent and he called for the magicians of Egypt. And all the wise men thereof, and Pharaoh told them the dream, but there was none that could interpret it to Pharaoh. Then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh, saying, I do remember uh, my faults this day. Pharaoh was wroth with his servants and put uh, me in inward in the uh, captain of the guard's house, both me and the chief baker. And we dreamed a dream one night, and I, and I and he, we dreamed each man according to the interpretation of his dream. And there was... Uh, there with us a young man, a Hebrew, a servant of the captain of the guard, and we told him that, uh, and he interpreted our dreams. To each man, according to his dream, he did interpret. And it came to pass that as he interpreted to us, so it was. Me he restored unto my office, and him, uh, him he, he hanged. 
Then Pharaoh sent and called for Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon, and, sh- and he shaved himself and changed his raiment and came in unto Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is uh, none to interpret it, and I have heard say of thee that thou canst uh, understand a dream and interpret it. And Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not me. God shall give Pharaoh the answer of peace. So here's Joseph in this situation. He's remembered. He's, he's in prison, right? For something that was of no fault of his own. He was in prison because his brothers hated him for his gift. His brothers hated him for his gift. His daddy made him a coat of many colors and his brothers hated him because, because he had this coat. Number one, right, the coat represented the gifting. So his earthly father gave him a coat of many colors, but his heavenly father gave him a gift to interpret dreams. Let me tell you something I know from experience that not everybody is going to appreciate your gift. Not everybody's going to appreciate your gift. Everybody ain't going to celebrate their gift. Some people are going to tell you that you don't have a gift. Some people are going to be jealous of you because of your gift. But I want you to see something that a couple of things I want to point out in this this part right here is that number one, who is God giving this dream to? Who's God giving the dream to? He gave the dream to Pharaoh and Pharaoh ain't even a church person. Right. He gave a dream to uh, some dude. that Now, we think that God just talked to church people. He don't talk to nobody else. But here God gave the dream to the Pharaoh. And from what I understand about the Egyptians, they, they, they so far away from church and God. Right. They building, they got their own gods. But God gave the, our God gave the dream to Pharaoh. Yeah, and, I, and so I want you to understand the power of our God. You don't have to fix everything yourself. God is full well capable of speaking to your boss, of speaking to your spouse. Speaking to your landlord, speaking to your banker, if, if you got a business, speaking to whoever you need him to speak to, God. Listen, even the Secret Service can't keep God out of the White House. Come on now. God just walked straight in the White House past the Secret Service. Undetected. Get in there and start talking to Donald Trump. Look, Don, I need you to stop tweeting so much. And let's take care of this business. We got business to take care of. Right. And so here, here we we know that this is the case because you got there's people that surround him. Whether whatever you think of Donald Trump, I don't I don't like everything that Donald Trump do. I think it's like, man, you, you you starting stuff, man. Right. But I respect him as the president and I respect his stance in godly situations. Amen. Pastor, are you Republic Republican or are you Democrat? I'm Christian. Hallelujah. I'm Christian. So whoever going to do right by God, right? There's no president that's perfect. There's no politician that's perfect. You got politicians that don't know how to handle their cell phone when they're in the bathroom. Right? Taking pictures of themselves and sending them out to folks. Listen, let me tell you something. You don't ever want to get in trouble? If you don't want to get in trouble, don't take your cell phone in the bathroom. You won't never get in trouble. Amen? So, so nobody is above doing something dumb and doing something stupid and no person is perfect. But we see here that God sent the dream to Pharaoh. Why did God do that? Because God's people were under the government of Pharaoh. They was going to be affected by it. So God made his way in there and said, look man, I'm fixing to give you a tip. Now understand something, that the, there was not a complete understanding of what God was trying to say Without one of his people being present. Yeah, come on. Right? There was not a complete understanding of what God was trying to say without one of his people being present. God's going to have his people surround. They might not be the president, but they're going to be somewhere in the midst with the ear of the person. Yeah, that's good. Amen? Well, I'm, I'm not going back over there. Okay, everybody's affected by the family. Look back at my notes. Okay, the second thing I want you to see is that there is no, like I said earlier, there's no prior record of Joseph being any kind of a leader. Right? The only thing we knew about Joseph is that he 
he, God would share, would give him these dreams. He had this gift, this magnificent gift to interpret dreams. Right? His brothers got mad of him. He told him, he said, I had a dream. Uh, and I think this, there was a second dream. I can't remember exactly right now. He's telling him, uh, at one of the times he said that the, even the sun and the moon and the stars, they paid o- obeisance unto me. And his dad told him, he said, are you saying that me and your mama, boy, going to bow down to you? So it's a bad thing when your daddy get mad at you about the gift. Right? So the family was not taking the gift well, but the only thing, so the only thing we know is he had this magnificent gift to interpret dreams, and his brothers, because of his gift, his brothers hated him. But the Bible says what? That we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and wickedness in evil places. So it wasn't his brothers, it was the devil working through his brothers to suppress the gifting that God gave him. Right? So they, they winds up putting him in a hole, selling him off in the slavery. He winds up in prison. And his gift is still working while he's in bondage. Did you know that the gift that God gave you, even though you feel like you're not where you want to be, is still functioning in your life to take you where you need to be? Hallelujah. Right? So, so then here, here Pharaoh has this dream that's troubling him and he calls for, uh, he's trying to find somebody to, to, to answer the, the interpretation of the dream. And they said, man, boss, when we was locked up, there was this guy in our, our same tank that we was in, right? And this dude could interpret dreams. And so, you know, I, I, I interpreted, he interpreted my dream and it happened just like he said. And the other brother, well, you know, you hung him, boss. Right? <laughs> right? But he, but he, he, he called it. And, 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 and the Pharaoh was like, man, I should slap you right now. Why y'all still standing in front of me? Go get that guy. So his gift got him brought into the, the palace, right? The same gift that was hated by his brothers was celebrated by somebody that wasn't even one of God's people. And see, some of us are looking for God to work exclusively through you in the church. But God will give you a gift that will work outside of the four walls. Amen. Right? And was his gift important working outside of the four walls? Yeah, it was important working outside his family. Because he gave him a connection right next to the guy who ran everything. So don't be surprised if God puts you in an environment where you ain't surrounded by church people. Because I got news for you, God wants to have an audience with people that ain't churched. There you go. How do you think that church people get made? From people that's not churched. Mm-hmm. Amen? Okay, let's go back over to uh, Genesis 41. I want to show you something. Let me find the verse. Okay. Yeah. Verse 37. Verse 37. In verse 37, he says, so let me take, let me bring up speed what happened. So Joseph interprets the dream and tells the Pharaoh, Everything about the dream, and then the Pharaoh is excited about it, and this is what the Pharaoh begins to say. <clears throat> and the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh, starting in verse, I'm in Genesis 41, 37. And the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh, and his eyes, and the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, can we find such a one uh, as this is a man in whom the Spirit of God is? So Pharaoh acknowledges that, man, there's something special about this dude. This is God's guy right here. This guy's amazing. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, for as much as God has showed thee all this, there is none no, uh, so discreet and wise as thou art. Man, it's good to see one of God's people getting some credit. You know, getting God, uh, God getting credit to one of his people. This is the Pharaoh. The Pharaoh's excited. It's like, man, yeah, Christian boy. You good. Pat him on the back. 
you good. I like you, man. You, you and your God is something else, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he, like he scored a touchdown or something. That This Christian boy cold right here. Y'all see this boy right here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We see him. We see him, boss. Yeah, this man here, this the man right here. Right? You know, I got to have some imagination. That's why you're not excited about the Bible. Uh, so then he goes on after this excitement. Verse 40, he says, Thou shalt be over my house. And according to, uh, unto the word of all my people be ruled, only in the throne will, uh, only in the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off his ring from off his hand, and he put it upon Joseph's hand, and arrayed him in vestures and fine linen, and put the gold chain on his neck. He's not even a rapper, he got the gold chain. Right? And he made him to ride in the second, somebody say the second chariot. Second chariot. He made him to ride in the second chariot, which he, which he had, and they cried before him, bow the knee, and he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh uh, called Joseph's name Zephaniah. I can't pronounce the second word. Paneah. And he gave him a wife. Man, he got a lot for one day, didn't he? Rings and necklaces and clothes and a wife. Straight out of prison. Now what, what, <laughs> hey, that's a good day, man. That's a good day to get released from prison and get all this stuff, man. Oh my God. God, you awesome in this place. Right? I think Joseph might have wrote that song. You are awesome in this place. Mighty God. Now, he had to write it. When I get out of prison in the same day I come out of prison, whoops! Man, yeah, I'll take that one. I like that. Yeah, put that, put them all the stuff in the bag too. Give me them tennis shoes right there. Put me that stuff. Right? You say this is my wife? You say this, this one right here? Oh my God. He said this is my wife. Good day. Good day for Joseph. Good day. Right? And Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went uh, throughout the land of Egypt. And, and in the seven plenteous years, he brought forth handfuls. Okay, so listen. Joseph went through all of this persecution. Right? And remember when we, the first scripture that we wrote was, it says, the spirit of a man shall sustain him, his infirmity. Joseph had, what did Joseph have going through being put in a hole, through being betrayed by his brothers? The only thing he had with him was this gift from God, Pastor Eli. Oh, brothers didn't treat him right, didn't give him no place to preach, but he had this gift with him. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. And that gift kept him going. Sustained. It sustained him. Y'all treat me bad, but God gave me a gift. Nobody don't want to help me, but God gave me a gift. They persecute me. Y'all don't like me, but I got this gift. And that gift that God gave him kept him going. Oh, I know, I know what that's like. Because when you know you got it, and it seems like the people don't want to let you shine. Your brothers, I'm talking about, I ain't talking about regular people, but your brothers don't want to let you bring it forward. Pastor Ben, brothers don't want to let you bring it out. But that gift keep you going. And that gift kept him going through the hatred of his brothers into the penitentiary. And even unto the place where uh, the Bible, st- we didn't even talk about the other part where he, where he come out of the hole before he went to the penitentiary. And the woman uh, uh, tried to accuse him of raping her. And the Bible says that every day he would go over to the house, the woman would come after him. Mm-hmm. Right? Come here, B. B, if you don't want to be an example, you can't sit in the front. <laughs> right? So, so every day Joseph come over there to work, and Joseph might have been big and swole up like B. He had some good looks like B, right? So every day Joseph go over there to work, the woman is all up on Joseph. Oh, husband. Jo- well, that's what she was. Wasn't she? she was a, she was a, just the old cougar there, hot pursuit. So she's all up on Joseph. Joseph tried to walk through the house getting his job done. Got his pencil in his ear. Coordinating. He's coordinating. 
Yeah, I need y'all to move that, do this, do this, do all this kind of stuff. Yeah, put that grain over there, do that. What, what is it looking like? Lenny, Lenny's a foreman under me on the job. We move all this stuff around. So he's over there trying to work. And every day, you know, the, the woman get a chance, she come by and come out of her room, smelling all perfumed, fumed up, passing all in front of Joseph, rubbing all up against <laughs> On accident, Jeff. It's accident. Every day, Joseph's trying to work. He's just trying to do the right thing. All right, so the Bible says that the people was there at first, but then Joseph came one day when, when there wasn't nobody there. So she was like, I'm moving in for my move now. <laughs> so she went up on, she come up on Joseph and she told him, she said, big guy, why don't you want me? I want you. <laughs> right, like a Spanish soap opera. <laughs> Tell a novella, I wish I could say it in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> and so Joseph, Joseph's there, and uh, and Joseph tells he say, "Look, you know, man, I'm flattered, right? I'm really flattered. But 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 your husband, the only thing your husband ain't gave me is you. I'm over the whole house, right? The only thing he he haven't gave me is you, and, and you know, so you need to go, man. I understand. I'm you know I'm big and strapping and good looking, but you need to control yourself, ma'am." Right? So then Joseph, he tries to run. Turn, you don't have to run. Just walk away. So the Bible says she got his garment. She was rejected. Right? And so when Joseph's gone, he did the right thing. Right? Joseph here is showing a pattern of doing right. Yeah, yeah. The Bible says that when you get in a, in a situation where you temptation is coming, put your track shoes on and get to running. Right? Yeah, yeah. Joseph got out of that, but she was, she, now this day she was upset. She was upset because Joseph didn't want her. So when the guys came back, she said, that Joseph boy came in here and tried to attack me. Look, I got his clothes right here. Right? So that got him put in the, in the prison. Joseph ain't done nothing wrong. Thank you, B. He's done nothing wrong. Done everything right. You may feel that, man, I know God gave me something to contribute to the world, and I've tried to do right with it, but it seems like nothing but bad continues to happen. Because Eli had changed in one day, though. One day. One day, Pastor Ben, turned around in one day. Let me ask you this question. Will you be ready when the day comes? Come on, come on. Are you going to be sitting around bitter and not developing that gift that God gave you? Will you be ready in that day? Let me finish. I may not finish today. I may do this a second part. Let me find a place to stop. I think I'm going to do this next part next week. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to pick this up next week. Let me make a note. All right. Listen, so God, let's, let's recap. God gave Joseph a gift. And that gift kept Joseph through all of everything that he went through. Much persecution. Anybody feel like they ever went through persecution here? Right? Feel like you've been through some stuff? You're not by yourself. If you read it, the Bible says that the stories, these things are written in the Bible for an example. That don't mean that it's fiction. But they kept accounting them so you can have an example. Right? So Joseph has had to go through all these things, but he kept himself right with God as he went through all of these things. Right? And, and, and so his gift was the only thing that he had. Not appreciated by the people that was close to him. Right? But celebrated by people that were strangers. Don't ever... Underestimate what God may do through your gifting. Come on. Don't ever underestimate. It. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you one thing that I, I noticed uh, in my life, and, and it has my feet hurting, my knee hurting, and everything else. Something is happening with me in the community over in that restaurant. Something's happening over there. 
every day that I spend in there, I got people coming there and they know me. And they looking for me. And I think they would, they, they would, they would consider me to be their friend now. Right? I'm the, and there was a, uh, there was one lady that, and I think I might have shared this story with y'all the other day. This guy, his, his, uh, his mom, his dad died. Right? His dad died. So he came in one day and he was very upset because I guess he was close to his dad. Pastor Lori prayed for him, uh, prayed with him. The man stood at the counter crying. Grown man. You know, probably in his 40s or whatever. And then his, he brought his mom back to have breakfast. And his mom uh, was there. She was sitting in the truck. And so she asked me a question. She was talking about, you know, uh, will, she, will I ever get to see my husband? They've been married for like 40 or 50 years. 58 years. Well, am I going to get a chance to see my husband again? And so I got the opportunity to minister to her and explain to her, hey, this is, uh, this is what the Bible says about when you go to heaven. There is no marriage or giving in marriage up there, but everybody be like the angels. You will know who they are, but you don't need to be married up there because those, the reasons why we need marriage on earth don't exist in heaven. Yeah. Right? So, so I'm not going to be upset if I see Pastor Lori walking around with some other guy up in heaven. They're not going to be holding hands or, or kissing or nothing like that because they don't need that up there. Right. Understand? That's why I'm not going to be upset. Man, what you doing with my wife? <laughs> God, my wife walking around with some other guy. It's not going because I don't need that type of relationship up in heaven with her like that. I'm going to know her. I'm going to know that was my wife. But we're going to be, the Bible says we'll be as angels. Right? So you don't, you don't need to be, you know, because that's why he told a story. He said one guy, he, he married a lady and, and uh, he died. And then his brother married her and his seven other brothers. Whose wife will she be up in heaven? And that's when Jesus explained that it's, they don't need that up there. Right? Shouldn't be nobody's wife up there. Amen. I remember the first time I learned that Pastor Lori and I were arguing and I, and I came across that scripture and I was, we was, we was arguing. And when I came across that, I got very sad in the middle of an argument. I said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We get to heaven and you ain't gonna be my, I started thinking, some other dudes you're going to be possibly walking around with up there. Right? She, I thought she'd be walking around with some other guy up there. And uh, so then one of the guys at the church, he explained it. He explained the situation. He said, no, it's, you don't need that up there. It's not going to be like that because you don't need it. Right? So in your, in your marriage, y'all going to be all right up there. Right? He's good looking, but don't, you're not going to be like that up there. All right. The next thing I'm going to go over next week when we, when we, when we look at this is, is that your gift will sustain you. Your gift will bring you before great men, but before God can use you, you must be trained. You must be trained. The Bible says that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. If we look at Joseph's life, we see that the Bible again, Joseph's gift carried him through everything that he went through and it brought him into the palace where he got clothes, he got a ring, all these symbols of power, and he got a wife. But Joseph had experienced some prior training in the house, uh, in his master's house where he got accused of attacking the wife. That was his first time in leadership over there. So he had some training. And then he goes on for even greater level of training when he gets over to running the Pharaoh stuff. Right? He had to learn some things. So, so God is going to have to have you submit to some training before he can use you. It don't matter how gifted you are. There has to be some training take place before God can use you. And I'm going to show you this in so many different ways. Everybody that God used, there has to be some training. If, if, they present someone to you and they say, this guy here is ready. Well, this person has, we can prove, we can surmise, uh, we can see the scripture alluding to this person going through some type of training before they're ready to, to deal with God. Last thing I'll say this morning is, is that there's a book uh, that I have that I read it from time to time and it's called Thou Shall Prosper, The Ten Commandments of Making Money. It's written by a Jewish rabbi. And the Jewish rabbi in there talks about how Jews are very, they're uh, big proponents of education, right? They really believe in education. And he tells a story of this young lady uh, who, these Jews had these books all over their house. 
They had books all over the house and this and every room just kind of cluttered everywhere. And the young lady, she said, well, man, I got to have one room that's not cluttered. So she took all the books out of this one room and she put it in another room. Right. And so there's a guy came over who went on to be her husband. But the guy tells the story that when he first came over to the house and that was the room she took him in to entertain him, that when he didn't see any books, he said, I can't see this going any for, for, any further because this that, that these people don't value education. It's just that strong with them. Right. And so the, the book talks about how in this book, it talks about the Jews and how they represent less than one percent of the whole human race. And it says that uh, proportionately you should have between, uh, I think, it's six or nine people, somewhere like six people on the Forbes 400 richest people list. But there's always between 60 and 100 people, 60 and, and 100 Jews on the list. Greatly disproportionate the wealth that Jews have compared to other people. And one of the one of the things that they they use or one of the things that got them blessed like that. Well, you say, well, God bless the Jews. Yes. But it was through making sure that they understood things. Right. The scripture says what? And all you're getting, getting understanding. Right. And so there, there is this component of training that God has to send you through before you can rule. There has to be some training. That's why the situation happened with Solomon that it did. We say, well, man, God really thought something great about Solomon. when He said, give me the wisdom to lead because God was impressed that he knew that he needed the wisdom. Yeah. This, this is the way God rolls. And so understand something that before you step into something, there has to be some things deposited. Let's, we got two minutes. Let's end where we started. Come back up. Three guys. Please, last time. That's it. Before you step into a place where you can rule, I need a, I need a, Russell, come on, be my fourth guy this time. Thank you, sir. Oh, man. I'm next to be here. So remember, we started with one talent. We started, when we went to two talent, five talent. Right? What happened with this guy, though, at, by the end of the story? He went to ten talent. He represents the ten talent. Before I can elevate you to ten talent, there must be some things added to you before you can get to this place. And in the scripture that we read proves it. The same guy started with five talents and made it to ten talents. What happened? Because there was some experience and some learning that went into him and uh, improving himself that he had the right stuff in him to be elevated to this position. There's got to be some training involved. God can only use yourself so far as you, you, the training. And who, who talked about the training last week? It's a great job talking about training. So in this guy's case, he went from two talents to five talents. Why? Because there was some training and some experience that came along with him participating in the training and the project with the talents that took him. God says, hey, look, you, you, you've, uh, uh, you've gained five talents more. Right. And he said, enter down into the joy of the Lord. So he everybody got promotion and got more than what they they started with because they did a good job with the ones they had. Now, this guy over here didn't do a good job with his training. Matter of fact, the Bible says that he, he didn't even participate in the class because that's all it was, was a class. He said, I, the Bible says he took his books and dug a hole and stuck them in the ground. I'm not participating in the class. So God was looking for participation, right? He wasn't worried about it. They don't never say anything about him being concerned about them losing the investment. He just wanted them to work the investment. Yeah. So these guys put it to work and God says, he says, you, you, you're, you're, ooh. Yeah, remember the words that he used to, to, to describe this guy? He said, you're lazy, you're wicked, and you're fearful. And that's the issue with a lot of us who refuse to learn in the thing, the ways of God, that we are lazy. We are fearful. And God says that adds up to being wicked. Mm-hmm. Now, you think I gave you a hard time about the tithes. <laughs> you don't want to grow. You don't want to learn. My son was telling me that at his job, he does logistics and he, he directs trucks to go deliver and pick up here in this place and that place. 
And he says that uh, his boss explained to them that within their training, they allot a certain amount of dollars and budgeting to mistakes. So when they make a mistake on some kind of delivery, it, it can cost them thousands of dollars. But they said that with everybody that they hire, now you can't keep doing it, but with everybody they hire, they expect you to blow it a time or two. So they put it in the budget. And the same thing with God. God expects you to mess up in the training because that's the way it is. You're not going you're not going to make 100 on every test. But this guy refused to take the test. He refused to take the course. He refused to take the test. Therefore, there was no elevation. If you refuse to be trained, then God can't work with you. And there's a lot of us that are extremely gifted, but we refuse to be trained. And God said, no matter how gifted you are, and I want you to understand something, God knows that you're gifted because he's the one who gave you the gift. Yeah, that's right. If you won't be trained, there's only so far he can use you. If you want to move from the first spot, let's walk, walk with me. To the tenth spot. Clear, move out that way, Russ. Go that way. If you want to move to the, from the first spot to the tenth spot, you got to submit to the training. You don't submit to the training, there's no elevation. What's that training look like? Church attendance is part of it, obeying God. But even, even other than that, sometimes turn the TV off. Read, mm-hmm. pray, read some things about what you're doing, what you're working on. Learn about your, your occupation or your field of business. God said, you don't want to, you don't want to learn. I can't, it's only so far I can deal with you. And there's different ways that we learn. But we're going to go into all that next week. Thank you, gentlemen. Y'all give him a big hand. So listen, if you want to get the rest of this, and I, and, and I didn't get to the part that, the main part, we'll get to that next week. Right? So my, my uh, fellow preachers in the room, understand something. If you got something, message, and it's long or whatever, don't, don't try to hit the people over the head for two hours. Right? Stop at a certain point. That's how, that's how, you, that's how you have a series, is that you, that's how series are born. You, hey, look, we got enough to this point, and we'll hit the rest of it next week. Amen? Amen? But this week we learned about gifting. We learned about how gifting will sustain you. Now we're going to look at the, the knowledge part, the training part, next week. Amen? Amen. Are you stand on your feet with me right now? Um, yeah, I remember. Matter of fact, let's do that at the same time. Let's go ahead and pass out the communion elements. I want you right now, while you're while they're passing out the communion, I want you to just have a moment with yourself and think about what you're doing. Think about where you're going. Think about some of the things that God has spoke to you about and maybe some of the giftings that you know that you have. If you don't, if you don't feel like you, y'all go ahead. If you don't feel like you uh, necessarily know about... <clears throat> 